0: Good morning and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Wade In Podcast. This is your weekly go-to show for all things racing. We'll be covering, obviously, the recent decent performances of the last seven days, but also news stories too. And I get to do this week in, week out with the characters that include the likes of Brendan Duke, Tony Calvin and Kevin Blake. Kevin, quick check in. How are you?
1: Fantastic. Couldn't be better. The sun is shining, the frost is getting burned off, been running around with mares all morning. Any
0: falls yet? Any falls on the ground?
1: No, no falls yet. I've won due this week. It's cold, so there's not a lot of falls around. It's it's been very cold start to January, so none yet. But i got all our our swabbing done and all that lovely stuff, once a year stuff. So, um, yeah, job done.
0: And did you enjoy the stallion parade, the stallion trial uh, trail? Of- I did,
1: I, I did. I didn't get to cover my normal ground. I was in I was in, uh, I was in for the the boat days, uh, preaching from the Bible at Boutamont, So I didn't get around to see the other farms. I'll have to do that off my own steam there in the next few weeks. But uh, the weather was good. Um, there seemed to be great turnout, a great event. I think over five thousand people registered up to to go around. Uh, you would have seen probably most of the five thousand up in Kildangan. Uh, they all they all go in there for the good grub. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a great couple of days.
0: Preaching from the Bible of Boutamon. I love that. Ah. What Bible do you <laughs> preach from, Brendan Duke?
2: <laughs> well, I I am having to uh, say, say my prayers. I thought uh, i have been on an outrageous run since the middle of December. And I thought after 30 years, I'd finally crack this punting game. But well, it turns out I haven't. Uh, been, the, the last the last few days have uh, been challenging and I've had the beads out. But we, we we move on, Vanessa. We move on.
0: We move on indeed. And TC, I know you've been waiting with bated breath, restless night's sleep, waiting to hear how many puppies Rufus sired with the next door neighbor's dog. I can reveal to you that on my return from Ireland, the good news came in. Four happy, healthy little rat puppies.
3: Are you excited <laughs> about that, do you see? but it's, it's all kids and he's not even one yet. So yeah, he's a proper council estate dog. <laughs> now, how are these puppies going to be distributed,
1: Vanessa? Because technically, you have a responsibility here. You can't just you, you can't just saddle these people with unwanted puppies. You've got to distribute them. Tony Carnival would take one. Um, I, I could po- I could possibly take one, but ideally not. What are we going to do with them? You can, you've got to take the rest, don't you?
0: No, absolutely not. I do not need any more dogs. I have two, and that's enough. <laughs> but trust me, when uh, I
3: say. I was going to make a joke about a bet for ambassador, but I better not because one uh, run out. It would only, on only get puppies. cut out. Um, a, yeah, a, oh, a day
0: well out, these puppies had one run out on the old Instagram story, and I've already had an influx of. Uh, you know, people wanting to know more information—they're very strikingly marked. Let me tell you that for nothing. Yeah, I'll tell you, Rufus, um, but he
1: stamps them. He stamps them.
0: Stamps them, good lad, Rufus. So the ballless <laughs> Rufus is a father, after all. right? Let's talk about some racing. And Kevin, I'm going to start with you because, of course, in the Sylvia Arco Conti Chase at Kempton. On Saturday, we saw Bambridge make his kind of long-awaited seasonal reappearance and get the better of pick Dory and do it in fine style, really. He's been cut for the Ryanair chase, 5-1 to one from 10s, a race that looks more open than we thought it might have been at the start of the season, given Alahome, what he's done so far this year. You must have been absolutely, I'd say the whole team were delighted with this and I thought JJ looked like he got a real kick out of it.
1: Yeah, big time. Really, really happy. Um, Look, the weights were in his favour. He was getting a few pounds off the big guns um, because of the penalty structure, but he was giving up race fitness. Look, he'd been ready to go for quite a while. Like, it was just a case of being patient with him, um, as in fairness, Joseph was last spring with him as well, waiting for the ground to be right. And um, really happy. And I think there's room to improve there as well. Like, I, I thought he lacked a bit of... Watching him through the race, he lacked a little bit of sharpness. Like he, he was a shade behind the bridle there mid-race. And uh, he just didn't beckon help himself now. He he was just a little bit messy at like the fourth last, third last, second last. Um, and then he, he was very long at the last when he when he needed a good one. Um and he just if, if he if he jumped, you know, third, fourth, second last as well as he normally would, like I think he would have won. In a bit more style than he did, um, so you'd be delighted, you'd be really happy. Um, look, as I kind of raised the red flag there um, last week, just with a view to to anti anyone looking to have an anti-post interest. You know, you, you just have to be aware that if the ground comes up soft um, at Cheltenham, there's a fair chance he won't run. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a lovely option there for him at Aintree a few weeks later. Um, so if it wasn't happening ground wise, um, I, I think. Um, Joseph showed the discipline last year to pull him out when the ground wasn't right so I'd imagine it'd be the same again but uh, really happy and with Alaho not quite looking the power he was um, look if he got his ground in the Ryanair you'd be going there with with a a very good chance hopefully
0: Brendan all eyes were on Edward Stone who we should cover Mm. he didn't look to fire whether it was two miles or two and a half I personally don't think that was his true running or I hope it wasn't uh, what did you make of the sort of form of the race itself?
2: Well, clear, clearly, Edward Stone was back to the, the, the bad old days when he just uh, ran too keen. Um, I, I'd i be inclined to agree with Kevin on this, that there isn't a huge difference between two miles and two and a half miles. At the, the tempo of the race, they went a good clip. Pick Pick Dory usually does. He, he, was, he was just too keen. I mean, that was something he suffered with, particularly in his hurdles career. But he looked, he looked to have settled down over fences. I, I don't know. Maybe you was stung by a bee or something. That can't be his form, but very disappointing. But the, the, the overall form of the race, I mean be, be Dory... a hardy fecking bee out of this time of year. <laughs> 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 if,
1: if you got stung by him, you would feel it. He would be the hardiest bee in all of England.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but, 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 but well, well well something happened because he, he just <laughs> he just regressed a Bad all days. Frustrating for those of us who had an or an anti post ryanair article, but we, we move on, as I've said. Pick Dory, yes, 160 horse loves Kempton, jumped well by a mistake at the last. I'd say it's real form. Kevin covered at Banbridge. We know is an exceptional jumper, particularly that round he put in at the November meeting in Cheltenham, granted on the old course, but he's also a uh, Cheltenham Festival winner over hurdles. He, he's no problem with undulating tracks. Uh, he, he just stick, sticky laid on for whatever reason. Now he can, now he can jump better was probably given those mistakes, value for more than the winning margin, and in a muddled drying air picture, must have must have a have a real chance. I mean, of course the weather could go against them, but you'd be odds on good to soft ground at 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 the Cheltenham Festival on on the Thursday because the place yeah. dries like the Sahara. So I'd say he'll run and he'll have a big chance.
0: And TC, last word to you on this, and unfortunately, it is a it it's a sad last word because, of course, the race did see the sad demise of not long till May for yeah. Laura Morgan's team and uh, you know it was well showcased it was well sort of covered on ITV and I thought of you because you've been a big advocate for not just burying these sad moments um you know fronting them up and I'm I'm sure you like many of us would have been so impressed with Laura Morgan coming on ITV wanting to do the interview after it came through that lot not long till May had sadly lost his life in that race and the interview she did, I mean, Jesus Christ, your heart would go out to her, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch any racing live over the weekend. and I, I'll be honest, I didn't see the interview, but it's important that racing fronts up in these issues. i have And I was very surprised when I went and had a look at all the r- weekend racing last night and this morning that they actually kept the falling uh, on the replays, which I think is a positive because I think you've got to own these kind of situations. So yeah, if that—I mean, it's like I said—I've I've got a lot of time for Lauren Morgan, so it's a—it's a devastating loss for the stable. But just—just uh, just coming back to the betting, I know it's kind of like, uh, uh, it's, obviously, it's not a great segue from, from talking about a loss to the actual kind of like betting. But uh, Alho's really weak on the exchange for the uh, for the Ryanair, and there's been a lot of people are willing to take under the fixed odds price of five to one with the sportsbook on the exchange at the moment. So maybe all is not well with Alho. And I just looked at that race and I just think, because Paul Nichols said afterwards that Pick Dory is going to go Ascot, Aintree and not go to Cheltenham. Now I looked at that race and I just, I look at that Ryanair and I just think he should have a change of heart and, and go to Cheltenham with Pick Dory. He just said, oh, Cheltenham's not his track, but <laughs> it's only okay. one piece of everything. He hates I mean, hates Shelton Tony. He hates. He couldn't do yeah, that. But like you say, it's like it's kind of. Just look at the race. It, it could absolutely fall apart. That race. I mean, Pick Dory would have given Bambridge a race if he had he jumped the last a bit better, He was giving him three pounds. Um. Yeah. I mean, if I was Nichols, I'd say no. no if you want to go to Shelton and fresh, fuck off Ascot. I mean, that's where I would go. But that race could bloody fall apart.
0: Um, I should have mentioned at the top of the show that we will be getting stuck into week two of footsteps to the festival, of course. And we'll be covering the races on day two, the big races anyway, on day two, looking at them from an anti-Pose point of view, which means that a couple of the bigger performances from the week just gone will be wrapped up into footsteps for the festival section. So stay tuned for that. So we'll rattle through a few of the other names, a few of the other impressive winners. Brendan, I'll come to you for a mention of Mystical Power, who's jumped to the top of the supreme betting. Now five to one from 14s after winning the Moscow Flower at town on Saturday obviously was originally in the lawless novices hurdle at nace uh got rerouted to punch town and um now sort of up at the top of the betting and obviously in the same colors as jericho the Reponay, who we've seen a little bit more of more recently do you think he deserves to be up at the top of the supreme betting mystical power do you think bookmakers were looking to throw someone else up there
2: well 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 they were again talk t- talk about m- model pictures um Yes, I, th- I think he probably did because uh, Walsh came in afterwards and said, well, that's the that's the trip for him. So it looks like it will be the the, the race he goes for. So that's a help for anti-post punters. Um, that Jigoro looked a promising sort. And I mean, it took a while for the turbo to kick in with mystical power. But when it did, he put seven lengths into him. Now, it certainly wasn't a flawless performance, the jumping. I mean, it, it wasn't a desperate jumping performance, but he was sort of losing a half a length, a length at the hurdles early. Even the last two, you could argue he jumped them too big, sort of hung in the air. But a, a, again... He set, he was still a touch keen now, but he settled a bit better than he did in Galway. So that would give you encouragement and it didn't go much of a pace. He'll have a stronger pace to aim at Um, in, in the Supreme. Has that pedigree. I mean, he's almost uh, as remarkable a horse as rufus's offspring dare i say it i mean how, what would we doing here let national hunt mares go to galileo but anyway this is uh, only part of the narrative that people want to buy into this is this is a son of Annie power of course uh so so it's an exciting story i think he's a horse who's learning his trade will need to jump better in the supreme but possibly could and um, yeah i think I, I i probably just about would make a favor for the race
0: do you concur, TC, or do you think it's that sort of sexy profile, I hate that term, but I've used it anyway, that sort of uh, catapulted him up there?
3: Yeah, probably. I mean, we, we've said all along that Jericho de Reponé is only kind of like favourites, you know, by sufferance, isn't it? Because there's literally nothing's come out. And that that's, that's the horse that's obviously staked the claim there. I think I read on one website, I can't think who it was, they just say, look, You know, J.P. McManus has also got Jericho, the top two of the race. Would he run them both in the same race? But obviously, because of Annie Power, looks like Rich Richie's got a share. I don't know how big. So maybe that's not a factor, running in two in the same race. And I I had something in my head. So I went back and had a look. In 2008, J.P. ran... Binocular and Captain CB.
1: Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> that? I just got it up this second. Yeah. But anyway,
3: because so, <laughs> so, I had a question for you. She probably ruined it now. It's absolutely amazing that it was the favorite. There were eight to one co favorites of free in the Supreme. Now, in these days, you don't even get those kind of prices anti post anymore, do you? But really, this is one for you. In 2008, Binocular went off the eight to one co favorite of free. Can you name either of the two others that were both sent off favourite?
1: No one's going to get this.
3: I have them here. I'm sure I'm I'm sure (laughs) I backed Pigeon Island off 116 once. Pigeon (laughs) Island and Muirhead went on to be a right island. Piper Kim went off
1: 17 to 2 and Captain Seabee went off 17 to 2 it was 8 to 1 in the field and there, there was five of them in single figures God, all <laughs> right. well, Cork All-Star was 17 to 2 as well what a market that was, Jesus
0: um, You see, just to bring it back on point to those Irish novice hurdlers, we will get to that lawless of Nays nice novices hurdle in due course as I said but you after that race piped up into the WhatsApp group and said you know that those Irish novices really aren't up to much um you obviously stand by that statement by the sounds of things
3: yeah it's like it's it's a very it's a very muddled picture isn't it um like like, we know we've seen you know that uh well we'll come on to the Ballymore a bit later won't we but yeah nothing's you know mystical power you know you can see it can't you he's got everything there for it um he's got the chat he's got the pedigree um and just a very taking performance i don't know what the time figures uh from the race suggested mystical power but yeah um i'd probably yeah he'd be my supreme favorite but Ford, okay. oh, uh, it's, a tra-
1: it's a tragedy this horse finesse this horse should be running on the flat I reckon. <coughs> yeah um ge- genuinely like he, in his two hurdle runs you watch like as brendan says like he, it's not like he's a terrible jumper but he doesn't look the world's most natural and both days, he's just, the way he's kind of latched on and, and and powered into contention there in amongst traffic, like I'd say, he has an awful lot of boot. And I'd say they're nearly glad that they ended up going back two miles rather than two and a half, because, yeah, I don't know how well he'd stay. And it's almost a pity, because I, I just know JP, um, I know he, he's a partner in this horse rather than sole owner. He, he isn't in love with bringing his jumpers back to the flat um, in general. So, I don't know if we'll ever get to see it, but geez, I'd say he could be, um, he, he could be well able on the flat. Now, I know his bump performance, nothing special, but I'd say he's a, he's a fair bit better than that. And the, the final point you get the impression from listening to the team is this isn't much of a workhorse. Um, he seems to surprise them every time he runs, which, which is interesting in itself. But yeah, I was impressed with him now. I think he's got, he's got an awful lot of ability.
0: Well, the other one that was a bit of a market mover in the Supreme Market was Tully Hill, who's been back. Uh, well, is now 20 to 1 from 50s um, off the back of his performance this week. Obviously, he was second in that Punchestown champion bumper, um, but he got off the market the second time of asking Brendan. I, I feel like he's, are we underestimating him somewhat at 20s after that sort of initial Punchestown flop over, over hurdles?
2: um well yes except how much of the 20s is factored in that what chances that he goes for the supreme if i saw him i mean i don't don't know what what the plan is and i know we're getting relatively close between races but if i saw him declared for that two mile race at the drf i would take the 20 to one for the supreme because i'd say i'd say this is a proper horse but again anti-post but you have to factor it he started off over uh two 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 mile six in Punchestown when he got his arse handed to him. But I mean, the horse clearly has to go left handed. But that's fine because Leverstown is left handed and Cheltenham is left handed. But I mean, just just a, such a taking specimen. And I mean, you you, you you hark back to that Punchestown champion bumper when he travelled better than anything and wasn't beaten far, far by a dream to share. Uh, The the champion bumper horse on just the second start of his career under rules, a physical phenom. He jumps perfectly well when he's when he's going left. I would say he's overpriced at 20 to 1 for the Supreme and I will have something small on it, but only if he gets declared for the two mile race DRF. Mm -hmm
0: like it. Okay. Uh, Kev, I want to talk to you about a few horses market moves in the Arkle market. Uh, we will start with Quilixios, who has added another 5k to the serial winner's pot, courtesy of Rachel Blackmore riding Quilixios to victory in that rescheduled NACE meeting. That pot is now up to 150,000, that serial winner's pot. So Love that for, of course, the Irish Injured Jockeys Fund and the English Injured Jockeys Fund. Um, But Quilixio's now 25s from 50s and 20s from 33s for the Turners. Um, Sort of, you know, got a bit lost chasing Tupu around last season, but he's come back this season now two from three over fences. But do those prices, 25s for an Arkle and 20s for a Turners, does that really reflect the sort of, Strength of the form, e.g., the lack of the strength of the form actually, given that those are pretty big prices. I
1: don't think it's unreasonable. Like, you know, it's like with any novice and chaser, where well, most of them we were, we have a pretty good idea of how much ability there is with them. And like he's a 150 rated hurdler. And I know he bombed out in between, but you know, he, he's 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 not up to one fifty yet, like but um his jumping would have encouraged you here. And you not see matter prices now, would would I invest? No, but you would see matter prices than that, I think.
0: OK. All right, TC, would you have any interest in Quilixios? Uh, No. And in that case, let's move on to Colonel Harry, who was the other small market mover in the Arkle market, 40 to one from 66s off the back of winning that novice chase at Warwick and his 66s is for the Turners. Um, Again, I don't know about the form of that. Obviously, he won that race from that wayward Trelawne, who was sort of all over the place on the track. Colonel Harry is an improver this season and he's already improved enough to be significantly better over fences than he was over hurdles last season. But are we expecting him to be outclassed at spring festivals, TC?
3: Yeah, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? Uh, he just looks a, he looks a turn sauce, doesn't he? Rather than anything else. But, you know, the form, the Trelawan form ties in with Ginny's destiny and Grey Dawning. So, yeah, perhaps uh, we shouldn't be too down on him, but... No, I think I think the big prices are probably justified.
0: Okay. Big prices then in terms of those movers. Colonel Harrow and Calixios for the Arkle and Turner's market. Uh, Khalif de Burley, Brendan, has jumped onto everyone's sort of uh, the talking horse. has been a mark big market move for the Triumph hurdle, 12 to 1 from 33s, but it doesn't sound like he's actually going to be going there. Maybe he will. Mm. But Paul Nichols saying initially after the race at the weekend that he wouldn't be going to the Triumph he was much more of a long-term project but now mm-hmm. hearing from Betfair sources that it's not completely off the table
2: yeah, I mean I suppose it, it we will have to see what happens because um they're, they're they're talking about the Adonis and if he was to go and win that impressively, could you resist the temptation of Cheltenham? I mean this is this is difficult for, 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 for Harry, isn't it? Because he wants to ride Burnett Road, but Liari's the same. Liari, I was I was very impressed with 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 him in Aintree, but Nichols says, Oh, chasing prospect, there's no need to go to the triumph. He said the same about this horse, wicked round of jump and very well backed the second. Uh, was rated 80 on the flat. Now it's it's gone to Ollie Murphy, so it's probably regressed since. But I mean he put Ooh. he put eight lengths into that. Uh hugely impressive performance. But t- t- 12 to 1 about a better horse that you're leaning towards, he's not going to run in the race. I, I, I think anti post punters could leave that behind.
0: Yeah, Kev, this is a horse, uh Khalif de Burleigh, who uh has some pretty It sounds like he was very sought after in France and it was Anthony Bromley who ended up buying him. And obviously he runs in the Hales colours, but he's also got Jeb Mason and Ferguson on his ownership group um, officially. So some pretty big players in there. He's going to be, he's a talking horse already. I think he's going to be a horse lots of people latch on to.
1: Yeah, look, and I I thought it was was a perfectly good start um, for Nichols. Um, like made the running his jumping was 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 the good side of Grand um uh, got got. Little, got, 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 got I, I did I didn't want to damn with my fame and praise by just uh, saying Grand it was better than that but it wasn't quite it wasn't quite quite well but uh he was a bit he, he was a bit adjusting out to his left at the last tree in particular um but Put, put them away well, good and strong up the run in. Um, Form, probably not deep, not his fault. Um, Yeah, looking forward to seeing him again. Lovely start. And sure, look, he's going to be a, he's a cliche alert. Like he's going to be a, he's a real chasing type by the looks of it. So it's not all going to be about uh, this season with him at all, I'd imagine.
0: Not, no, far, far from it. Obviously only a four-year-old now. And they were talking about him very much as a sort of gold cup type horse for the future. So big promise for this lad. Uh, looking forward to following his progress before we move on to footsteps of the festival last horse to mention will be Donica TC um who's unchanged at 16 to 1 for the Betfair hurdle UK's richest handicap hurdle very competitive as you would expect this is off the back of winning at Warwick that handicap hurdle went off well backed on the day was he 2 to 1 favorite
3: um passed me by sorry didn't uh, to look at that race on fold betting wise but he's one of 40 in the Betfair hurdle so yeah um at least he's in there pitching. And um, before we move on to footsets of the festival, I would say that Kevin's Arkle fancy Blood Destiny probably all is not lost with Ugh. him. Um, obviously, uh, he's got, obviously he's got chinned at two to five, but you think stepping back to two miles would probably suit. And as with all of these races, um, you've just you just look at the races and Cheltenham this year. You've just got to chance your arm in, in a lot of these races because there's no standout in a lot and. And even though, like I said, even though he was chinned at two to five, all is not lost for Kevin in the arc or for Blood Destiny.
1: Yeah, well, like I... he very much, he very much shaped that way, but still, <coughs> you know, I, I I would have been hoping he would have been able to put those away. Um, credit to the winner now. That, like great to see Jimmy Mangan with a good horse again. Um, and in fairness to him, like he's very much been learning on the job over fences. He you wouldn't have been too sweet on your chances for much of the race, but but late on he was really strong. And going up and trip again with suit and well. This is Spilan's Tower, by the way. Um, yeah, I and I, I quite liked him now, but I was disappointed with Blood Destiny. It looked like he'd dance in, didn't jump quite as well as he did on chasing debut. But um, hopefully that that very much steers them the way Tony um has suggested there. Cause I, I thought he, he's shaped all along that two miles would suit and best. But even at that, he, he should have been able to put them away over that course and distance, even if it was a bit further than ideal.
0: Mm, i was Yay. disappointed in him i must admit i just thought the way in which he traveled i was like here we go here we go mm-hmm. and then the way he just went there it's not for me yeah. I, I mean
2: and i i thought he, i thought he jumped brilliant again and settled beautifully i was just watching the race going oh the shrewds are on for the arcle. and in the end he couldn't even put any distance into silent approach from the back of the house yeah. i mean it was desperately disappointing yeah
0: yeah, I was disappointed. But anyway, we move on and we move on at pace, the footsteps of the festival. Week two, day two of the festival, looking at the big races on the Wednesday. the Ballymore, soon not to be the Ballymore. We will get to that in due course. Brown Advisory and the Champion Chase are going to come under the microscope. And Brendan Duke, I'm going to start with you because, of course, Ballyburn is your 72 favourite. For mm. the Ballymore currently, but reading Tommy Wrong is now seven to one, second favorite from thirty-threes, having won the Lawless of Nace Novices hurdle on Friday in a grade one run over the weekend. Um, beating Il-Atlantique, of course, in the finish. Not what many would have expected on betting or vibes from the stable. Il-Atlantique no. is unchanged at eight. Mystical power in there, but expecting to see him in the Supreme instead. And the aforementioned Tully Hill at 20s as well. Again, could he go to the Supreme? So, start with you, Brendan. We've been saying it a lot. Patchy little novice hurdle market. at this. Uh.
2: Well, let's let's go down through it. And let's let's try and find a bet. I won't actually be having a bet because let's I'm happy it. with this. With they try the, the, yeah, trying well, to find bad, runners. You're trying to find runners, let uh, alone
0: yeah. a bet.
2: Ballyburn moved last week for Ballyburn for the Supreme. I can see it. Uh, he's he's a very strong traveller. I could definitely see the argument for mm-hmm. for him going back to, to two miles. Reading Tommy wrong, should run in the race. Uh, won the Lawlers, but it, is is he up to much? I mean. He didn't jump great. Uh, now, he mm-hmm. did settle better than was the case in Cork. So that was encouraging. horse so he was entitled to be learning, inexperience, in and he certainly doesn't lack heart. You'd have to say that, which maybe Ed Atlantique, the L head goes up in the air with him, doesn't it? I'm not sure he's the most resolute custer in the world. Uh, mystical Power, uh, well, according to Walsh, has <laughs> uh, gone for the Supreme, and that would make sense to me. Tully Hill would make sense to me, a really strong traveling horse. I think he's a supreme horse as well. Whether Willie Mullins shares that view, I don't know. So ultimately, I ended up with this Predator's Gold, who I thought, looked. he's only had three starts. I thought he he looked good in his bumper. He looked good from winning his <clears throat> novice hurdle. In in Punchestown, and I I I thought he showed an awful lot of heart, and in filthy conditions behind Caldwell Potter in the the Grade One at Leopardstown oh, over Christmas, there are only two horses counted from a long way out. Arguably, if if you wanted to question the form, which you certainly can't, you, you you could say that's because nothing else handled the conditions. I totally get that, but I was, I I I do rate Caldwell Potter. I think he's a horse going places, and is is a runner again whether it's the supreme or the ballymore who knows um but predators gold stuck in really well and was kind of half coming back at him down to the last before making a desperate mistake now i don't think he'd have won uh, at all but on just the third start of his career giving up an experience edge to a talented horse i thought he shaped with plenty of promise and he's 14 to 1 he surely wants to go up and trip he'd probably go for that two six race at, at, at the DRF. But then, of course, that brings the Albert Bartlett into it. So you could, I, I think you could send some a bit. I'm a bit addled, Vanessa, a little bit addled. But if you had to have a bet at this stage, if you gave me a free bet, as the expression goes, it would be on Predator's Gold.
0: Okay. A, a tentative nod for Predator's Gold then at 14s from Brendan. He's managed to find that sort of lukewarm bet, I guess. Yeah. And we are obviously always promoting gambling responsibly. So. You know just putting that out there. TC looking down the market, did you manage to find as Kevin jokes about a runner let alone a bet?
3: Yeah, it's interesting that predators Gold's 30 plus on the exchange. So that might oh, right. okay. that might temper just. but as as Brendan's kind of like said there, it's uh just get a runner and you'll be on a value price, won't you? Um <laughs> but it's 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 defensively priced up. I was quite taken by the manner in which Willie Mullins was talking about Leckie Watson the third he made a point of saying that horse with another ride would have got a lot lot closer now the horse it was too free he gave the outside to nobody I think was it Danny or David uh Danny for for Danny, poor, poor old Danny getting, it in the, getting it in the eye again yeah <laughs> yeah so those Mullins don't like that side of the family do they um <laughs> Yeah, I just I was just quite taken by. I just go back and have a look at you know it's fifth in a champion bumper that's worked out really well, and I just thought maybe Lecky Watson at forties, if you wanted to chuck a few quid at something, that would be the case. The horse is, is very keen, so will they? Sh- I know Mullins isn't. He goes through phases he, with with headgear. Whether they might try some headgear on him to to settle him down, but yeah. I couldn't see much in the prices, but uh, just just the interview, the way he spoke about Leckie Watson, that bumper form, and I think that Slade Steel form uh, at Navan um, is, is might oh. not be bad, it might not be too bad either. So yeah, if you wanted a, a very speculative dart um, with the aforementioned free bet, i.e., not my own money, Leckie Watson at 40s, I thought was half interesting.
0: Okay, Kev, are you honing in on that lawless of novices hurdle form? Are you thinking that that's the sort of race to focus in on? No, you look very no, I
1: don't think so. I don't think so. Reading Tommy wrong, in in fairness, he was bottled up inside him for 20 years and he let him have it all, Vanessa. And uh, he he was very strong laid on there. You won't get that reference, will you? You know what, you know
0: what, I don't get the heart. of your
1: references. <laughs> the horse is named after a line in a coward of the county by the great Kenny Rogers, uh, which is which is worth a listen after you finish listening to this podcast, of course. Um, mighty old tune. But um, yeah, I, I don't know about that race. And look, at this whole div- it's a mess, isn't it? Because and you know what's gonna happen, like it might happen post Dublin Racing Festival. If it doesn't happen, then it'll happen later. You know, I think we all see the way that the, the old river's is flowing here. Like the Supreme is going to end up looking a fair bit stronger on paper than the Ballymore, and there will be a switch switchy or two late on. Someone's going to battle it. Someone's going to switch to the Ballymore. Probably something changed, but trained by Willie Mullins. Um, maybe it'll it'll be um, it, it'll be driven by something we see at the Dublin Racing Festival, be it um, you know something getting beat in the two-miler or something shaping well in the two-mile sixer, um, this, this is ripe for change. You'd you be brave. Now, you want to be taking a big price if you're having a bet in the market now, because I suspect um, this will be all change. I hope you end up with a decent race in the end now, but there's just an, an awful lot of scope for um, for disappointment in the our novice hurdle division, because we're lacking a bit of depth. Never mind well, we spreading shot. it out over over three old ones.
2: We shouldn't despair though, should we? They should. They, I mean, obviously, we might get some clarity closer to, to the race, but they look like they're going to be two right betting heats, in fairness. Lots of opinions and big prices about her. There should be plenty eight, of eight to them. one co-favorites, Brendan. get Eight
0: to one co-favorites of three. Um, <laughs> Brendan, it's only right that we start with you for the Brown advisory because Grange Clear uh, is no. your 72 favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. Short and sweet if you like. Five to one. (laughs) No, no.
1: There'll be nothing short about this. (laughs) Uh,
0: stay away, Faye in there at fives as well. The great uh Gray Dawning was your 10 to 1 market mover for this race. Was 16s prior to the win at Warwick when we last when we saw him on Saturday, but up at the top of the market. Brendan Duke, take it away. Your lad, Grange Clare West.
2: Well, Grange Clare West, uh just just we're talking about horses learning. He's starting to put it all together. He could still settle a little bit. Better in his races. I know we can slightly crib that form in 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 Was he on the best part of the track? Did Corbett's cross run his race? But I I I think he's the real deal. I might be, of course, slightly the aesthetic that I am might be buying in so much to his physique and how good looking a horse he is. But I, I'm so impressed with the round of jump that he put in. It was just effortless. I think he's a worthy fav. Stay away, Fay. How could you not like Stay Away, Fay? I mean, a, 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 just a proper horse. Maybe on the, on the old course over three miles might just get done for something with a little bit more speed, such as a, a Grange Flair West. Uh, that um, <clears throat> Grey Dawn, he looks a proper horse as well. Turned around the four, I was giving that the changing man as a just a, a, a rag shout. Uh for the brown advisory, I thought I thought he he had a real chance, but his jump and fell asunder. in Warwick And great right downing, just got stronger and stronger. Looks a, a, a really strong stare, and again has the speed for for two and a half miles. Unlucky not to win over the intermediate trip in Cheltenham uh the 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 time before. Um, and even uh, Monty Star. Now, interestingly, Monty Star is is a horse that that I really rate. Put in a. Well, he's put in two really good rounds of jumping. He was arguably unlucky. First, I'm very weak in the betting, uh, but they, they took a couple of fences out for the dreaded low sun and jumping is this horse's biggest asset. And it was a, a, a short of three miles, but then he turned around the form with three-card went and getting all the fences in and three miles and punches and put up an exhibition of jumping. Interestingly, isn't entered in the DRF. So whether they're looking at something like, um, a, a 10 up maybe like over the 10 up three miles at Navin I, that's the only thing I could think of because you would think Henry would want to get more experience into him he's only run twice o- over fences and it, it was all a, a bit much from last year in the Albert Bart that he blew out the Albert Bart which of course is a concern returning to Cheltenham but it's basically the only bad race he's run in his career, which has been one of relentless progression. I think he's the most interesting of the rags. But I I I I mean I, I could name horses. This Mohorse, this looks like it's gonna be a proper, proper race. Uh, Kev,
0: Kev, I'll come to you next because Factor File is second to him in the betting currently, and is a horse that I think we kind of had split opinions on after Leopardstown. Lots of people very, very, very taken with him. You were a little bit lukewarm on him of his of his festival options, March options. He's the shortest price for the Brown advisory, but he does have the two-and-a-half-mile entry at Leopardstown before that. Um a, do we expect him to be stepped up in trip here and B, have you revised your opinion in any way on fact of
1: fire No, we don't revise opinions without new information, Vanessa, we've had no new information yet. I, so thought, new evidence. Might,
0: I thought the new information might have you been putting on your bloody glasses and realised
1: <laughs> <laughs> or our, our new evidence as we should call it. Uh, no, no. Look, I think his jumping style will be will, will be helped maybe by going up in trip. It's going to be suited to, to longer trips and slower paces than, uh, than, than fast so, um, if, if he were mine, I'd probably be aiming him this way. But uh, but the, the great Duke I stole my thunder there because I do think there is an overpriced one here in um, in the aforementioned Monty Star. Ah.
2: Um,
1: it, it's a funny little phenomenon, this, and that uh, you do see it. it is when a horse blows out at the Cheltenham Festival, like it is held against them by, by the markets going forward. And this fella did blow out at Cheltenham last year, now, um, but I know. Henry um, earlier in the season did, did put forward the view that um, he ran a Clamel a month beforehand on on de- on desperate ground. He ran two, he the one two in that race, and they both went to Cheltenham and both ran motherless. And he, he thinks that potentially they both might have got a little bit flattened by um, by Clamel. And this fellow was always going to be a chaser. He's the size of a house, Vanessa. He's mm-hmm. absolutely massive. Two houses put on top of each other, you might say. Of course. Um, and,
0: and we'd know that if we weighed horses, but we don't. So we just Absolutely.
3: To, yeah. So yeah, dude, so it's two houses. That's
1: the only Well, we know what to do, to me,
0: don't, don't we?
3: There. We've said this before. All you've got to do is send Dan Barber to go
0: yes. and sample it. Two Dan Barbers, maybe. Did, uh, did that, barbers. This,
3: if, if, if this fella is a
1: four and a half Dan Barbers now, I, I'm a German. He's massive. <laughs> um, and, and his jumping was fabulous. It was, it was really good today. He was beat behind Corbett's cross, um, just maybe got a little bit tired that day. Uh, and he beat Tree Car Bragg, who I know has been beaten twice now, but geez, there was huge chat about him like pre pre season um, about his prospects over fences. Um, loved the performance, stays really well. I wouldn't be shocked if Henry doesn't run him again. Oh, I just just because he, he has this in his head now that maybe Clamell left the mark on him. So and he did famously one time send a very good horse to um, the Brown Advisory after just two runs, uh, a wonderful horse called Manila Indo who delivered uh, one of the most heartbreaking performances in, in my 20-plus years watching the Cheltenham Festival when he got beat that day. Because you might remember, Vanessa, I was all over him And I was watching the race with Sard Barry Orr, and I think he was the same as me. I was all over Manel though. I had been so negative on Champ. I was telling people, play Slade Champ. And <laughs> it's all going swimming. They jumped the last one. They're lindo, away you go. He starts flicking his ears. Champ goes from likely to finish fourth to somehow, somehow winning. I still don't know how it happened. I saw a replay of it recently and I puked. I got I got physically <laughs> sick, Vanessa. It left a mark on me. But look, Monty Starr will write that wrong and potentially go and win the Brown advisory. I do think he's very nice. If there was a bit of rain knocking around with the Wednesday, superb. But um, I, I like this horse a lot.
0: Okay, well, he's twenty to one with Betfair on the sports book, and he's got two pretty positive nods from Brendan Duke and Kevin Blake. With, of course, positivity around value uh, about Grange Clare West as well. Uh, TC, who would you like to throw into the mix for the brown advisory?
3: I'm trying to work out what Kevin's German name would be.
2: Kevin von <laughs> <laughs> Max von <Sinel.
0: laughs> Um I was about to do my German acting, but as we know, that's got me in trouble. Before. Careful now.
3: <laughs> um, I know that. the race probably set up ideally for grey dawning on Saturday with Apple away and Broadway going at it. Um, I think the 10 to 1 with the sports books is a fair price uh, on the back of that, but they're going to go for the silly owls over two mile four next by the sounds of it. So could even go for the turners couldn't they yeah Go Q kevin rolling <laughs> his <laughs> eyes yeah no, uh, no 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 no, no, compl-
1: not that, no it's uh, something completely we, different no, no <laughs> I,
3: I don't get i don't romanticize about horses but i just look at the betting there and i just think wouldn't it be great if ilay francaid come over for this one oh, race,
0: oh,
3: oh than I, I, don't don't I did? Obviously, there's there are there is one firm out there going non one and no bet. We shouldn't really. Well, I'm not going to mention the name, obviously, but we can we can talk about the general process of these things without looking. What price is ille Francais non one and no bet, lads?
2: Um, that's well, he'd be he'd be favourite something like five oh, to two. Well,
3: he'd
1: be well favored. Yeah, remembering he, from... he's never
2: run on an undulating track before, Kevin. So, you know, you have to factor that in.
1: Jeez, if he's think... some side zipping around Cheltenham, I'd say, Oh, huh? yeah, you, you, you get customers at that price. I'd say, BD, oh, okay.
0: what price? TC
3: five to two is the
1: price.
0: Oh, oh, that's that's there we go. The
3: <laughs> is you can take nice. him out of the trading room, but you can't <laughs> take away the talent. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I I I just thought Gray Dawning was a fair price at tens. Uh, in fact, just looking now, there's there's money queuing up to back him at ten point five. So that tens with the sportsbook maybe under pressure, but yeah, everything everything I've seen so far. You know, I've got a lot of time for Hermes Allen. and I just want them to have a change of heart with Eli France. So you'd just love to see him cracking on round there, wouldn't you?
0: Oh, uh, you would, but I just think it's a long way off happening with their dedication. Can but dream. We can. All politics are oh, no. local
2: politics. They, he's a French horse. He wants, wants to win the biggest race in France. In many ways, it's a gesture that we send horses over for for Cheltenham because we could just all run them in in Leopardstown, and we, no one would have to travel. But the Irish very, very, very magnanimous very people. Yeah. On, on
0: this note, right, <laughs> just because you mentioned the Francais, <laughs> I recently sat next to a newly retired jump jockey who would like have respect within the industry. And we were talking about the Nash, uh, the novice chasers over the festive period. And I said, geez, but like the French horse tops the lot. And he said with a wry little smile, that uh, fact to file was a better horse than the how,
1: how many whiskeys had he had at that stage? Jesus. You, do you,
0: do you have to <laughs> go, of...
1: go home,
2: sir. You're drunk. I'm do just saying. I'm just saying. To file? Do you have some sort of a fact to file support group? Or something? You absolutely <laughs> love this horse, don't you? I don't know. What, what, what is it about him, Vanessa?
0: Do I love this horse? I don't know if
2: I do. I just feel... that uh... Your little face lights up. It's the only thing post-Rufus that uh, makes you smile anymore.
0: <laughs> OK, I'll drop the practical. I'll drop it. I want
2: to be... uh any retired
1: jumps jockey? last year there's Sorry. a few there's a few to pick from yeah you
0: guys comment comment in the youtube please Get it on. <laughs> uh, let, let me let take a guess at who i was talking to who made that statement right oh, gee. Onwards, onwards we go last race to talk about this might be short and sweet <laughs> course, we are going to see... Well, we get to talk about the champion chase now and it's all about the top two in the market who we get to see hopefully in the Clarence <laughs> House chase on Saturday at Ascot, weather permitting. Are you still laughing at the fact of our Lille Francais comparison? No,
1: <laughs> no, 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 no,
3: no, I just... yeah. so obviously <laughs> thinking, oh... Is it, I'll only believe it when it happens around about <laughs> a minute before the race.
1: I'm just, reading, I'm just reading a headline here on the Racing Post website. Um, We're ready to go for what might be a big battle. Nicky Henderson has John Bond prime for El Fabiolo clash. Um, <laughs> yeah, Nicky I Henderson I... battle. The, the, the thought of a battle will have him get sleepless nights all week. So we'll yeah. wait and see what happens. We'll wait and see what happens, lads. He'll be getting nightmares about... Um, what was that one that, that, that wrecked his, his any bit of bravery he'd left in him? Um, Shishkin and Energamine. He'll be getting nightmares about that, and he might Let just take a pull.
0: Okay, well, let's just look point. into it. Well, oh, El <laughs> Fabiolo is five to six favourite currently for the championship. John John Bon is five to two. It's 14 to one, bar that, in behind them. Obviously, we're looking forward to Saturday, if it happens. If it happens because of weather, and if it happens because... You know, a battle might not be on Henderson's cards, given some scars from the past, as Kevin Blake has already alluded to. So it'll be round four, round four on or three on Saturday if they meet and it'll be round five or whatever in March. Uh, T.C. I'm going to start <laughs> with you here. I'm going to start. This is you'll never, you
1: never, you never, never make it as a ring card girl Vanessa. You're no. your
0: rounds mixed Sorry. up. Sorry, round, round, something. Uh, T.C. I'm starting. <laughs> with you. This is footsteps to the festival. This isn't a preview for Saturday. We're wow. talking about the Cheltenham Festival in March. The Champion Chase round Cheltenham. El Fabiolo, the favourite. On what we've seen this season, is that the rightful favourite in here?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can have too many arguments, uh, can you? If these two do meet on Saturday, it'll be the worst thing racing's ever done to itself because oh, because wow, the champion if time. one gets really humped, is the champ, uh, the champion chase is going to be a walkover. If you thought Yasi <laughs> was a non-event, um, no, I, I look, I think I think it's going to happen on Saturday. Obviously, it's going to have a massive impact on that. Uh, the issue here is Henderson just needs a strong owner to tell him no this is what we do mm. uh, and they did it you know when he took a load of horses out on the when John Bon ran last time i imagine jp McManus said or frank berry or whoever calls the tune there this is what we're doing you can take out the hurdlers but the chase course is absolutely fine even though it's heavy this is what we're going to do so i think what henderson need, i think it's often underplayed i think if henderson's allowed to duck he will his natural inclination is to duck but a st- Buckley should turn around to Henderson and say, no, we're running Constitution Hill at Cheltenham at the end of the month. But anyway, uh, by the
0: digress. I want a winner or a or a bet in the championship.
3: Uh, I looked at this. Obviously, Captain Guinness was the big, biggest filthy each-way bet for this race before he would turn clinically abnormal last time, so you can't really back him. Gentleman me is obviously the each-way bet there. Clearly, Dino Blue should be running here and probably finishing third, but... Will she go for the mares? Um, so I want to see Captain Guinness out at the DRF, and then we'll, and then I might take a decision to back Captain Guinness each way there. But look, you're only playing for one place, aren't you? But at the current mm. prices, my always my natural in- inclination in a match is to take John Bon at the price over uh, El Fabiolo. But it's not a betting
2: opinion. Do
0: you have a bet- betting opinion in this, Brandon?
2: No, well you're not gonna you're not gonna like the digression, but I do think that point bears repeating that Henderson <laughs> Henderson was basically going out to Sand and saying I wouldn't walk my dog on that track. And they <laughs> ran John, they ran John Bond in the Tingle Creek. So this is what he needs. He needs direction, and it's very encouraging for Saturday, which I think is massive. But both to the champion chase, we, we want to get these horses running against one another. In terms of the champion chase, I think the prices are right. The only thing I would say is John Bond can jump better than he did in the Arca last year, and El Fabiolo still has a chance to clout one, but of course he's he's still learning. He's, he's still a rel to be an experienced horse. the prices are right, you,
1: look I, if it looks if it looks like Hampton, if it looks like Hampton on and Saturday, and I hope it does. I I, I love and I'll pre out them dust up when we get it. If it happens, there's probably a a sneaky way to play this, isn't it? Like really, because of what might happen if the race goes the way I think it will go. Like I just think El Fabiolo is a better horse. And the only thing that will stand in his way is if he gets a bit of a brain melt at a fence and headbutts one, which he can occasionally. He's gotten away with it a few times in his chasing career. But if he was to kick John Bon out of the way, um, like there's a chance John Bon would switch to the Ryanair, is there? Mm. You know, is 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 either playing is is playing John Bon for the Ryanair um, pre Saturday, or even playing El Fabiolo for the for the champion chase. Like is that a kind of a wise guy angle? Because obviously, if John Bond exits the Champion Chase, as TC says, El Fabiola will be will be heavy odds on. I'm um, looking non-run um, straight, handy posting, John Bond's like eleven to one for the Ryanair. Which, as mentioned, there's a race that's getting a small bit.
3: I I, I can see watery. that. I can see that because obviously, a Gentle to me ran okay behind Dino Blue. He might decide to get. They might decide to get brave with Dino Blue as well. So, JP would, if John Bond did go away and they didn't think they could beat El Fabiolo, then they've got two ready made place only mm. placements, haven't they?
1: It, it, wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be mental. It'd be, it'd be sad for the Champion Chase because it would render it um, kind of, you know, Barra Fall. For El Fabiolo, but um, look, this this world's full of very cynical punting types. Vanessa, the a type of people that, as soon as poor Al Shane McGowan uh, died, they're they're back in Fair fairytale New York to be Christmas number one about two minutes after the announcement. Oh. So um, there could be plenty of people playing that sort of an angle. So I could see something in it now.
2: Okay. No,
3: did he get chin by somebody who died five years previously? Didn't
0: didn't didn't wham. He did
3: yeah? wham, yeah,
0: wham, wow, Christmas shit. number one.
3: You think you've got yeah. you think you got a death running for you, and then you've got a five year death kind of like chinning you. Yeah, terrible.
0: Oh, no, justice no justice in the
3: world. No justice in the
1: world.
0: I'm glad we've gone down this route. Right, should we talk about some news and views, guys? <laughs> I think it's time for some news. Uh, There's been different strands, different topics to pick up. We will start with actually the thing I've already mentioned, which is the Ballymore, the race itself. Uh, The Ballymore will no longer be the Ballymore because its sponsorship is set to end. Um, that Cheltenham sponsorship deal, despite the fact that Sh- Sean Mulryan, who's the CEO and chairman of Ballymore, is a very prolific racehorse owner and National Hunt fan, um, that obviously they've sponsored the race for a number of years now. But the company is going a different way with their sponsorship pot. Uh, they're going to support more grassroots projects, and I think they have a cycle where they relook at their sponsorship. By all accounts, <coughs> and can go in a different direction. It means that the Ballymore is now one of six unsponsored races at the festival, Kevin. Uh, I mean, the natural question to ask is, is this a concern as such? Is this something we should be worried about or is it a bit of a non-event?
1: Probably more of a non-event, bit of an, an, an annoyance, I should say. None of us like these races changing titles from a kind of a selfish um, ease of remembering point of view. I think, I think the Ballymore was kind of a, you know, you get some sponsorships that are good and they stick and others that don't. Um, Lord, they're still... People call him the Coral Gold Cup, the Hennessy, um, but the Ballymore novice is was One that's stuck, so you'd like to think they were getting a fair bit of value out of it. Um, Sean Ryan's heavily involved. He's pro- probably has more horses and training now than than potentially at any point. He, he was he was very strong around the time of the Celtic Tiger. He's back and now he's he's flying again, um, which is great. So it looks like a slightly bit of an odd one. I know they said that they have a, a sponsorship cycle and this is part of it, um, but it's slightly odd. Hopefully, they pick up a good, strong sponsor for us. Um, I think it was said at the minute there's six races at the Cheltenham Festival unsponsored, three of which, um, they don't seek a sponsor for. And, um, it was mentioned on look on Sunday that. Um, an an announcement about the unsponsored races may well be forthcoming soon, so we'll wait and see. Hopefully it's a sponsor that um, rolls off the tongue, Vanessa, and isn't an annoyance because uh, Lord knows we talk about these fecking races enough over the course of a year without um, some some shocking race name to contend with as well. I
0: mean, Brendan, just looking at it and looking at sort of the basic facts here, the fact that you've got someone at the top of the company who's such a big racing fan and yet... They're not continuing. I presume he's in, they've enjoyed the sponsorship of the race for a number of years. It, it does seem a bit of a shame to lose Yeah, a company who has someone steering it who is such, so involved in the sport and such a big advocate of the sport
2: yeah I, I mean you would wonder kevin said the brand recognition and i suppose the Cheltenham festival is, is big everywhere and no, no, more so than in ireland but they are an, an irish house building company he puts some of his money into uh gaa sponsorship i think he sponsors roscommon and maybe a, a a university gaelic team um but they, it, it would seem to me that when he says grassroots i would take him at his word there it would seem that a company like that would be better off having a sponsorship p- portfolio at, at, at a lower level. And, I mean, you can still go and rent a box and chat. I mean, he, he, he's going to know people. He's more horses in training. And yeah, another, he sponsors Martin Brazel, right, basically. I mean, Martin Brazel's a private trainer to him. So he's still putting plenty of m- money into the game. I was surprised that I was surprised that three races remain unsponsored because whatever the problems in British National Hunt rent- Racing and, and they are many. The Sheldon Festival, I wouldn't have thought was one. It just seems to get bigger and bigger and people people can't get enough of it. And um, the, the three unsponsored races, I didn't realize that either. I know that the NFL had a policy. Well, not a, it, it was considered a policy that they wouldn't have a team in Los Angeles. They, they now have two so that they could use it as leverage against the owners of other franchises. Uh, I, I, the owners could use the, as leverage against the cities that they were in to say if you don't do this for us we're going to move to LA but that, that, that seems change. but maybe, maybe they think by saying you can't sponsor three races it drives up the price of the other races does that make any sense
0: well m- maybe it is, it, is
1: key, it is curious isn't it you know a bit, very commercial yeah. organisation why they would leave a couple unsponsored maybe I'm sure there's logic but seems a bit odd
0: um, TC, I want to talk to you about the Martin Credit interview that was in the Racing Post, uh, an interview with Bill Barber in the week just gone. Uh, Martin Crudders, obviously head of ARC, Arena Racing Company, he talks about the media rights transparency debates in that interview, as well as the sort of threat, Really, it was a threat of legal action if trainers boycotted ARC meetings. Um, I'm not entirely sure that that's actually on the agenda, but that was sort of mentioned. There was lots of bits and pieces to take out of this Martin Crudders interview. And he was, uh, as he tends to be, pretty strong in certain areas. What were your main takeaways here as somebody who's been pushing for transparency within this media rights debate, wanting to know where the money goes? And you've got someone like Martin coming out and saying there's no way he's going to be revealing that information anytime soon.
3: Yeah, well, I've got the answer to Cheltenham's sponsorship problems. Two words, David Howden. Lovely. We will move I on.
0: Love, I would love a little box. at he, He's,
3: he's going to take all the six races uh, and you could be there on the piss every single day. Um, right. Um, yeah, I mean, the credit interview is not surprising because basically he's, he's from a position of strength, isn't he? I mean, the Ruben brothers just let him get on with it. Um, you know, people say he hasn't got Racing's, you know, to heart. Obviously, you know, they've reopened Hereford and the like. But he's he just turned. Obviously, he's doing this with with their, the Ruben brothers' blessing. He's basically he's just saying that we don't care what you think. You are we are not opening our books like like the Jockey Club have, have promised to do uh, with media rights, etc. So the very fact is, he's not opening these books suggests that they're on a good whack. But it's, it's 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 a general problem that Julie Harrington um, uh, kind of like related to a couple of months ago. It's just that in racing, we just don't know where the money is. Um, I'll make the, a very quick point about the Whirlpool as well. Everyone's going on about, you know, the amount of money that Whirlpool was bringing in uh, to racing and race courses flowing into, flowing into the prize money again. Has anybody seen any concrete fitters? Has any race goals come out and said, this is what we get? Uh, it's Everyone Everyone has a row about prize money in racing and stuff like that, but we're, all, we're basically all commenting in blind. And it's no surprise that Kralis has said this. He's obviously, he knew what he was going to say. He knew the takeouts from what he was saying. But, you know, the threat of boycotts, I mean... You know, Trainers, can Christian Leach. I mean, very small trainer, and very small operation. I think he came out and said he's not going to run any. On the back of that, he wasn't going to run any horses at arena tracks. But yeah, these obviously they've got a massive amount of the fixture list, haven't they? So there's no, you know, there's no newbie type boycotts going to come to pass here. But yeah, it, I bet you basically Cradys flexing his muscles and saying, look, I'm the real power in, in horse racing with with the grip they've got on the fixture list and not the BHA and He's on a bit of a wind-up as well, isn't
0: he? I don't know about a wind-up, but I think he's smart enough to know what he's doing with some of those big statements and the big lines that were pulled out of that Bill Barber interview, but it made for interesting reading, and it once again showcased the difference between Arena Racing Company and how they run their business model versus the jockey club. Nevin Truesdale was in in the week sort of giving more specific figures to some of those media rights questions, so uh, that debate will rumble on. As well, will... he, he
2: did, Sorry, Vanessa. He 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 didn't. He didn't send out any olive branches though at all, did he? I mean, it's very hard to accuse people of illiteracy, economic illiteracy, without giving them something to read, right? You know, I mean, that, that seems a reasonable request for a supplier to say to the company, "Well, how much money have you got to, to divvy up?" And he just wasn't wasn't having any of it. I mean, is that not a reasonable thing to ask? now?
0: Well, he he seems to cl- clearly think not.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, um
1: just, just on a slightly related one, Vanessa. It's not on the running order, but it came to you have to keep it came meeting, to but go on. Yeah, it, it came to attention just before we came on air that there was a race at um at Kempton on Wednesday, three-year-old handicap, and it only got three declarations and it's been cancelled. Um, which you know would have been a, a source of some surprise to some, but um Robin Mouncey, I just contacted him there before we came on air. This was actually announced um when the t- the twenty twenty four fixture list was announced. If you go down through the various changes, etc., and um, there is a line there, um, that class four and below handicaps with three or fewer declarations will be cancelled. And this is the first occasion we've seen for this. And I have to say, Vanessa, I'm all for it. Um, you'd you'd have sympathy for those. Um, connections of the three horses in this case because they've done their job they've, they've put their horses in a race that's only attracted three runners um, but by god if, if I, I've never seen a two or three runner race I enjoyed really I think they're a bit embarrassing um, and I think that any time it happens there needs there needs to be a pretty harsh examination of that race's place in the program um too. I know there's wider issues, but um I, I'm I'm all for this. Um tough on the people that, that that were that had that decked, but I think this is a good rule change and uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it extended to be honest.
0: Okay, well it's come into play here for the first time. That was hot off the press news. Um another thing that came up in the week, Brendan. I'll come to you because a bit of humble pie in to be and I think by me specifically, because uh affordability checks are going to be debated in parliament courtesy of the fact that the petition that was going around a month or so ago got over a hundred signatures on it and then of course it then is able to be debated in parliament we on this podcast spoke about it and feared that that would not happen due to i never
1: i never doubted it speak for yourself vanessa of the petition the petition
0: um but yeah humble pie because the date has been set 26th of february the debate in parliament thanks to that industry petition will take place on affordability checks the ones that have caused havoc within our industry thus far and will hopefully highlight the effects of these affordability checks within the industry and what a negative um effect they're going to have or they are already having brendan so this can only be a positive thing as julie harrington has also said that this debate is going to happen
2: Absolutely, I think in fact they got a hundred signatures on the first day. I got to a hundred thousand <laughs> sometime some, some sometime later. But I uh, yes, believe uh, you pointed
3: that out. Uh, <laughs> <I'm you>, Pounds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was uh, so 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 it, it, it did take some time, and there was a lot of cynicism about that because the hundred thousand doesn't trigger a debate. It, it triggers that it would be up for consideration, and now now there will be a debate. So uh, hopefully we can get get our our best men on the job. Our best man in being Matt Hancock, uh, a powerful, powerful figure Jesus. in British politics, who I think uh. will, will 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 have a day in the sun again. And I'm glad we have him in our corner. And a right.
0: <laughs> Brendan, not, not filling us with a whole amount of hope there. Um, Han- and- Hancock's coming back. He's coming back. <laughs>
3: I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to send you a rope. And do the right thing, Brendan.
0: Uh. Uh, just,
3: just, for, um, I know we got a,
0: I know we yeah, got,
3: last time Hancock brought it up, only 19 MPs turned up, and this won't <sighs> be debated in the House of Commons. So uh. it could well be a bit of a damp squib. Uh, if, <laughs> up if, the squib. If, if, <laughs> if, if less than 19 turn up, but yeah, it's, look, it's, it's, a, it's, it's obviously a positive, but how much of a positive we shall see.
0: We shall see. A hundred signatures and a damp squid. I love that. (laughs) Don't I? Love it. (laughs) Um, i tell you who's also got quite a few things wrong recently is Keelan Wood's. Sadly, a 45 day ban he's been handed is a totting up ban for overuse of the whip under the new rules that came into play a few months ago now. Um, He's come out with a pretty impressive sort of self improvement statement, I think it's it's fair to say. And he's obviously taken the full blame and he said that he's got plenty of work to do mentally as well, in which in the way he rides. But TC, you flagged out when these new whip rules came into play that, you know, there would be certain jockeys that struggled with them and he's really the headline act there 45 day ban is uh pretty lengthy and he's got quite a lot of work to do really hasn't
3: he yeah perhaps you just go out of a feather a feather duster rather than a whip that might solve his problems obviously he's a serial offender what really struck me out of all that is the bha's uh legal cor- uh, representative charlotte davidton actually asked for the upper end of the four month maximum I mean, God, I mean, jeez, have some compassion, girl.
2: Jeez, four months. Yeah, she was isn't, but, but isn't this interesting that he came out and, and said, oh, yeah, well, i just have to learn my lesson. I'll take the 45 days. Because I honestly thought there was a chance uh, when we were talking about the, this a few months ago that the jockeys would go on strike en masse. But clearly, well, this would indicate that that w- won't be the case. And the jockeys are just going to have to learn to cope with these scandalous, scandalous punishments, in my view.
3: I, yeah, I just think it's a bit... We were a bit blasé about what 45 days equates to. I mean, no, I'm not,
0: I'm not blasé about it. He said it in a statement. Is yeah, it? Yeah. It
3: in <clears throat> no, I just, I'm just referencing the BHO we're asking for towards the upper end of the maximum four-month... I mean, what planet is she on?
1: Well... you have got to play by the rules, too. Like, if someone seemed to be taking the Mick a little bit you know you, you, if 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 the rules aren't having the impact you want them to the punishments are there to act as, as a deterrent and i'm no lover of the rules as you, as we all know but they're there you got to play ball and if you're going to if you're going to persistently break them you have to expect a, a big old slap and like 45 days is a massive slap but you know you knew the rules you knew the rules 45
0: days yeah or 4 months it's kind of like Forty, I don't know. It's it's up in that territory where you've been, you know, he's got work to do and he's got forty-five days to do it. In, and I personally feel like that's a hell of a, a hell of a time to try and rectify the issues that he's clearly having with the whip and the new rules. Uh, last, Rufus
1: didn't get a forty-five day ban for what he did. I'd say, did he? No, ah, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, devil, yeah, huh? The pat mustard of the little dog world. <laughs> <laughs> got bloody jail sentence.
3: <laughs> little dog, <laughs> dog. He should um, be on some kind of register. He should. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, my darling, don't listen to them. Um, Buffer
1: would not melt. Look
0: at him. Just look at
1: this. Um,
0: uh, Last line, guys, because we have to wrap this up. It's been very fun, but we should just mention that David Walsh had written another article in the Sunday Times. Uh, This time it it was a piece based around Bryony Frost and about her treatment within racing since the Robbie Dunn case and the bullying case. Um, and how she's basically been underused since and they rattled through a few facts and figures in regards to Briony's career since that case all came about and it reads for pretty depressing reading I suppose is the bottom line but there was no new information in there TC that's what you sort of originally flagged up on the WhatsApp group but it's interesting that David chose now to write this piece in the Times Um, was there anything new to take out of it I suppose my question
3: no, not really. Um I think the main the main take was it that we'll say it as it is. I Me mean, Neil Callum went on Twitter and just said if it would have been a male jockey would would we have all this fuss, which obviously completely misses the point from a person who's on the PGA board. And um I just noticed now that he did he has taken that tweet down. So obviously someone's but the PGA has obviously told him not to uh uh, you know, not to go along with that line, so that was that was misplaced. But I can just see that last night he was still at it. So uh, go and have a look at his timeline. Uh, he, he was agreeing. He seemed to agree with Jerry Barton, but uh, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there was nothing new in it. I, I read it and I just thought he was. I said it. I said it in the WhatsApp group, I thought it was a moderate piece. Moderate is because there was there was nothing new in it. Um, so I'm not sure why. Um, he broached that subject. I mean, the, the the story to hang it on would have been Ill with Doto, but that was in mid-December. So I'm not yeah. sure why it's another month. Nothing has happened in the interim she's still riding for the same trainers that she's always had done the Wadhams of this world so yeah I just thought it was a curious one and there was nothing really in the article that I thought. Well he
2: was busy in the interim banging on about concussions or Saudi money in sport He has because his role is as the conscience of sport isn't it? He's oh. a gamut, He's uh, a gamut. In,
1: in fairness to David he has he has covered Bryony quite a bit in the past you'll remember that prior to the, wasn't prior to the case being heard that quite a few of the details would, would have been leaked to him and he wrote about it quite extensively so so Brian has been a, a subject for him in the past and, and i suppose he probably saw this as a follow-up and um uh, look sure we spoke about the case at length at the time and the the the, the way it painted the, the weighing room culture wasn't good and you know my own belief this this notion and it's a very common notion that that, that an, an environment like the weighing room should be self-policing like i i, I never ever like the sound of that um i do not like the sound of that at all you, you need um, figures of independent authority there to to sort out problems when they happen rather than expecting them to be sorted out amongst themselves. Um, but look, one one point I'd raise about Brian is that you could you could, um, I suppose, run with the narrative that she has had a tough time with it since the case, and statistically she has. But look, one point I'd make just for the sake of balance is that you could point to any number of jockeys flat or national hunt that made a big impression early became very fashionable, mm. but as the years go on, it, it just dies down a bit. Yeah. And like uh, to me, Bryony is, is to me, if, if when we get to the end of her career, whenever that is, you know, I, I would certainly look back on her and say, Bryony is someone that absolutely maximized um the, their talent in terms of the achievements that, that they got in the book. You know, she, she was very, very media savvy, a, a real, Pleasure to deal with from the media side, and and she really maximised that to in her career. Um, but to for when she finishes up, you know, to have a King George in the bag and that, like, I think that represents like like, like a, a, a tremendous achievement for her because uh, for me she she hasn't I, I wouldn't have her in that elite bracket, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and to me she, she did she did really really well, and I I just would be cautious of automatically assuming that. The case and the ramifications um, in and out of the weighing room were the reason why it's quietened for her somewhat because we just see that playing out again and again yeah. with um, with jockeys in and in, you know in a similar career arc panning out like that without um, you know situations that that she found herself in.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a fair point. Um, but I suppose the last thing to say on that is you know that article in the Sunday Times. It's a racing article and it's yet another negative press piece. You know, we obviously focus in on David Walsh being the person who's written it and we can tear it apart all we like. But ultimately, when I read that article, I just thought, you know, we get a lot of negative press and not a huge amount of positive. And with the last line of that article is, there is no mystery why Briony Frost is being underused. Racing had a treasure and decided to bury it. And I just thought, oh, God, you know. We're on an uphill battle with the public with articles like that getting sent. Well, here's,
2: here's a positive one for you. Up to 150 bags with Rachel Blackmore for the charity, Colixios.
0: There you go. Well <laughs> done, Brendan. The company man. Love it. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, on that note, we need to wrap up. Boys, as always, thank you very much. That's been very enjoyable. Um, listeners and viewers out there, thank you for your ever continuing support of course Uh, we will be back on Thursday with Racing Only Better but have a good week everyone, bet responsibly, subscribe to our YouTube channel, you know the drill by now and uh, do get involved and let me know who you think was the recently retired ex-jockey that thought fact to file was a better Christmas performance than the French horse